Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Motown Rundown. It is currently March 18th, which it is Thursday. I know last week we had this big ordeal about how we're not going to miss any more Wednesdays. Well, it was a holiday, but this episode's coming out on a Thursday. So get over it. Yeah, we, um, we have to work. Block. Get over it. Come uh, on. What? Brock. I, I, I said, yeah, yeah Brock. Yeah. I was just saying we kept our word. We ended up keeping our word. It's yeah, a we're, we're gonna we're gonna record and release on a Thursday. We're here. We have we have several things to discuss here before we get into all things Detroit sports. Only Lions today. There's been a lot of Lions news over the last week or so, or at least since the last episode. Only Lions today. Um, but several things to get into. Ryan Collins, it was your birthday on Tuesday. I did not wish you happy birthday intentionally, even though Good. I was in a text conversation with you on Tuesday. Um, so credit to me for sticking to my word. I'm a I respect it. I, that, that, if you don't wish someone a happy birthday, you don't you know what I mean? If they don't wish you a happy birthday, you don't wish them a happy birthday. This is, that's how the world works. Correct. So And, I, and, and then you, you lose birthday. friends over time. Because when you wish someone a happy birthday and they don't wish you one bad, they're like dead to you. <laughs> like, but but how was your, how was your 22nd birthday? Right. Yeah. I was What a horrible birthday. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it stinks, dude. It's so bad. And like, I had it on like a Tuesday. So it's not like doing the day before St. Patrick's day. Like, yeah, no thanks. Horrible, bro. Like a horrible, like year. How about that? What'd you do? Oh, I got Mexican food. My parents came up. It was nice. I, it was a nice day. Where'd you go? Acapulco had a nice little burrito, no free ads, but uh, yeah, I enjoyed myself. Well, that's nice. I, I guess it doesn't sound, well, that's the thing about, about your birthday being next to the holiday, which is my next point that I wanted to move into, um, which was, I want to know how your St. Patrick's day was. Now, let me say this before we get into that. I had the worst FOMO of my life on Wednesday, seeing the Snapchats. First of all, all the people that are like my age and older that are posting, reposting their snap stories from St. Patrick's day, like three years ago, like it's, it's time to move on, Like put the yearbook away. Okay. That, that was too much, but East Lansing, like St. Patrick's day in East Lansing is the creme de la creme of days being a Michigan state student. If that made any sense, like it's, full-fledged everyone's bought in you're darting no matter what the weather seemed to be pretty nice and i saw george shout out george from cottage inn not george Fom, your your roommate trent george from cottage inn tweeted something about like something along the lines of this was the first time that it's felt like beast lansing in a very long time and i absolutely loved it because i'm sure people were just raging in the streets shirts were off people were getting sloppy and i just like I mean, I did not have a single drink yesterday, which is like sacrilegious on St. Patrick's Day, but it just looked like a blast. And that's just one of the best things about Michigan State is the darty scene. So please, so I can live vicariously through your both, you both. I want to know how St. Patrick's Day was in EL. Well, I got up at like 630 in the morning. I was like, okay, going yeah. to Dublin. I'm like, yeah, going to Dublin. And guess what? 60 deep, just no really? shot. Yeah, just couldn't get in. Oh my god! So uh, awesome. they had a guy working bad pipes front row. I was loving that. I mean, but I mean, it is what it. Is. I mean, 
Yeah, that's actually kind of right because I mean the capacity for bars have like kind of increased. I think over the last two weeks, I think it's like up to fifty percent now. Yeah, and and like St. Patrick's Day, like it's not one of those days where I feel like you go, you're like, oh, we're going to Harper's, and then we're like, get sweat. You know what I mean? Like it's more right. like we're gonna go to a bar, we're gonna sit at a table between the all marathon. of us. Yeah, we're gonna play some quarters, and then we'll end up at like a darty at like noon. But yeah, I was cross-eyed by like noon yesterday. It wasn't good. <laughs> it was not good. As you can tell, I'm still wearing what I wore yesterday. I was gonna say, that's so great. No, I, really. uh... I, I mean, are you the green food coloring and beer? I it always amazes me every single time I have it. That's a that's a that's a trifecta question. So I guess I gotta come up with a new one. No, no, like, no, no, no. The no, green beer. It. We'll discuss it later. I just okay, wanted, okay, okay. I, I just. I have fun with it. I like it. Well, that's fine. I particularly I had a weird <laughs> I had a weird day yesterday because my plans fell through. We were supposed to go to my buddies and like Darty at his house, but then they got COVID. So we had like my oh. plans completely fell through. So I ended up going to CMU actually for the day and hung out with my brothers. That was very fun. And their roommates and stuff. They're great guys, all those dudes. So that was a good time. And then I came back late last night and here we are. What's it seem like in Mount Pleasant for that? It's a lot of, you know, a lot of people outside. They got O'Kelly's. It's basically their big bar there, which is the one attached to Wayside. Yeah. That place was crawling with people. We didn't go, but, yeah, it was just it, – it's fun. Aren't the cops at CMU, like, really bad? Like, they – like, they'll oh, give you, oh, like, a tick. They're super lax. Really? Yeah. I've heard the opposite. I don't know. That might be – I don't know. That could be, that could be Maybe – I don't know. I, the, the, the Mount Pleasant cops, I've heard, are – a lot very lax but yeah i don't know maybe i, I could shut up mount pleasant shout out that popeyes it's always on my way back from up north <laughs> and i go to that do you try i i mean as a lifelong like cmu guy yeah. do you remember they had a popeyes there it closed they put another restaurant in there that restaurant closed and then they reopened the popeyes i've I, never yeah. seen anything like that in fast food history i've just seen the popeyes jump around like a few times like i i, I know what you're talking about it has it is now yeah oh anyways there we go happy st patrick's day everybody how's that it's it, there's nothing better than drinking before nine and feeling like it's just the st patrick's day is just great because it's like a wednesday and it feels like it, it feels like a game day like it feels like you're playing yeah. michigan it's awesome I'll tell you, here was the extent of my st patrick's day before we move on to one more thing before the lions today um we had a i was coaching a jv game out at st mary's these guys that were running the music for this game were playing Irish jigs the entire game, the entire game. Like, I think they skated out to like, I'm shipping up to Boston, which is fine. Like that's a, that's a pretty nail song as it is. But when I tell you between every stoppage of play, it was like a different, it was, they weren't even like, at some oh, point Danny, the, transition from like the Irish jigs to like pirate songs. Like it was unbelievable. It was the most like, asinine like, thing I've ever like been a part of. Shanty? How dare you? Job. How dare you disrespect my heritage, Ryan? Well, it's just an absolute <laughs> hack job. Like, yeah, you can mix, you can mix a couple in there, dude. But the whole game, like the kids want to hear Dua Lipa. Like, uh, dude, dude, we were talking about this earlier. Dua is big time hot in the streets right now. Yeah, she's changed the game. That was a big performance for her at the Grammys. She showed up. I love it. Yeah, she um, she showed up surely. <laughs> she showed up surely. That sounded um, awesome. 
here's my here's my last thing before we before we move on. It is Thursday. Michigan State plays tonight at 10, 10-ish. <sighs> really, really, really tough. For guys like me who have to like sit at home and can't be with the boys like late at night or you can't go to a bar to watch this game. It's gonna be a tough scene of me just like in my underwear in my bed watching this game tonight. How are we feeling? I'm sure Trent has some March Madness questions mixed in today in the trifecta. If yeah. it doesn't, that's just an app that's classless. But um, how are we feeling tonight, Collins? What's the what's the vibe tonight? I mean, Sparty's got to show up. They just got to show up tonight. They cannot lose tonight because I mean, UCLA skidding. So the, their best player got hurt like I think in December. They kind of bounced back and then they started sucking at the end of the season. I just. Um, Rocket Watch just play freely and confident. This team will win. That's just I, I really think that's the key. Just I think Aaron Henry is gonna be Aaron Henry, and you need and the other guy you need to get something out of is Langford because when you don't get anything out of Langford, this team seems to lose. Like you know what I mean? I feel like it's a mismatch. Like players, like uh, players of characters, at, 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 in the front court. <coughs> but if Langford plays well and Rocket plays confident, they usually win. Yeah, they're, they're head and shoulders a better team. They're head and shoulders a better team than UCLA. So, like Colin said, if they just show up, they're going to win. It's that simple. Well, good. UCLA's I'm sure lost we'll get four in a row, correct? UCLA's lost four in a row coming in. Good. I like yeah, that. That's always a good recipe. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, cool. March is upon us. Um, it is March Madness time. I'm sure we'll get into it later. But it is time for what you all come here for every single week. It is Lions talk. Here's my here's my first thing with the Lions. The uh, Matthew Stafford video released yesterday. His nine-minute like farewell to Detroit. Tears. tears in tears. And I this is what sparked some controversy amongst the Motown rundown and my other friend groups that I texted this yesterday. I had the epiphany that I actually don't think that I'm a Lions fan. I think I'm just a Matthew Stafford fan, and the video made me so emotional to the point where I think that I might be announcing me being Lions-free this year on the podcast right now. Listen, don't do – do not, do not do this because you know – I listen, I know this too. We're all scared. We're stepping into foreign territory. This is all we've known for the last decade, which is, you know, half of our lives. Here's the problem. It's logo over everything. When you yeah, see these on. guys run out in the helmets in the Honolulu blue, it Dude. won't matter. Similar to two man. years ago, Rabs, two years ago when you saw David Blau run out in Thanksgiving, didn't change the vibe at all. You're fired up. You want to beat the Bears. Come on. You know when, when, when it's week one and you see Dan Campbell lead the team out of the tunnel, you are all in. Dude. I hear what you're saying, and I, I've always – look, I've always thought that I was just the diehard Lions fan, but tr- trying to swallow the fact that Matthew Stafford is not going to be on this team anymore after for pretty much my entire life at least being a coherent and engaged fan of the Lions, like you look back on these teams and like he – like he, obviously he was like the quarterback, so innately he's the guy, but he's the guy. Like that's like Matthew Stafford is, was the Detroit lions and they always will be for me. So I'm sure at some point I'll be able to get over it and just like move on and and want the lions to be good. But my God, man, I watched that video and I texted several people. Like, I think I'm lions free this year. And then Brock came over the top and was, was throwing some shots at me. And I told them like, look, dude, you either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become a villain. 
And I think that's just where I'm at right now. Don't, like, I don't, think- don't do not turn it into some, I'm a badass because I don't root for the Lions anymore. Raps, you're in, you're in. I don't know. I'm just upset. <laughs> I think it was a great video. It was a great video. And I just reopened the wound. And then my one buddy was like, you're just going through the stages of grief. Like you're in a different stage of grief now, which I guess makes sense. Dude, I mean, when you hear Dan Miller, he's just like, pack the beds, the Lions win. I'm like, oh, my!" I'm like, I literally cried. I cried very hard watching the video. (laughs) I haven't watched it yet, and I might not. I told Trent not to watch it, Rabs, because I I don't know if he can handle it. It is is nine minutes long, and I had a buddy today, uh, this morning, I won't name names, but in one of my group chats was like, was it really necessary for him to have a nine minute long video? And I was like, dude, I was like, Fuck you. Like, don't, don't do yeah, this. Kick rocks, this dude. You can have a documentary. Course, Matt Stafford should have a documentary. He should have a statue. Nine should be in the rafters. They should legit, they should legitimately retire his number like tomorrow, like while he's still an active player. But I, hey, they might I do know. the thing. Just, they they like, might do the thing where they just don't issue it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where they just don't give it out. Yeah, right. It's a pseudo retirement. I believe the Pistons do that with Rick Mahorn. They don't give out 44 because there hasn't been a 44 since Rick Mahorn. So I just have to imagine. People forget that. Really? Yeah. I don't think 44 is a popular number, though, these days. Oh, it's a great number. What? It's a great number, 44. One of the best. I mean, I feel like you got to be a big man to be 44. Yeah, 44 is like a power forward who shoots 60% from the free throw line and picks up like three fouls. Maybe not even 60%. And he (laughs) – 44 and 34, two big men who are in foul trouble immediately, usually. Fair. Very fair. Um, all right. Well, I guess for the Lions fans that are still bought in, which I – jury's out on me still. Yeah, but. what is this, dude? You didn't root for the Lions when they went 0-16 and stuff like that. You're just like, yeah, I, I'm a math – No, like I NBA did. Fan. I did, but Matthew I'm just a Stafford. Matthew Stafford guy. You're going to get your Rams gear. He moved the need. I probably will get a Rams jersey. He moved the needle for me. Get out of here. Whatever. Get There's out of here. Who cares? <laughs> Coward. There's a uh, lot of moves to discuss here with the Lions. Um, Trent, you said you wanted to attack this favorite move, least favorite move. Um, I guess I can just rattle off mentally guys that are, are no longer with the Lions. Uh, Matt Prater had signed, has signed with Arizona. Sad. Jamal Agnew has signed with Jacksonville, I believe. And Marvin yes. Jones also to Jacksonville. Correct, Trent? Correct. Correct. Um, and then I guess as far as signings for the Lions, Romeo Aquara, who we talked about last week, who was not franchise tag, comes back for the Lions. Um, three years, what, like mid-30s million dollar deal? 36, I believe. $36 million a year. Um, and then what's the guy – who's the guy that just traded for from L.A.? What's his name? Brockers. Cam Bro- is it Cameron Brockers? I don't know. Could, couldn't tell you who he is, but I thought it was funny that I was seeing all those tweets about how they asked him about like Jared Goff and Matthew Stafford when he was on the Rams, and he was like, "Yeah, it's a huge upgrade to go." Can I, can I talk Jared about this? Matt Stafford. Can I talk yeah. about this for one second? Yeah. Okay. It's 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 Michael Brockers. First of all, to set the record straight, I sounded like an idiot thirty seconds ago. It's Michael Brockers. He's a pretty good player. He's thirty years old, so I like the pickup. Now, the the whole Stafford Goff situation and people being like. Oh, this is not good for the locker room. This is <laughs> this is already causing leadership chemistry issues. Shut up. The quote was taken out of context. Yes, he did say that. And and but two things. 
He also complimented Jared Goff and said Goff does a lot of things right and, and all that. He just said Matthew Stafford's an upgrade. And the second thing is he's not wrong. Matthew Stafford is an upgrade. And anyone who knows football would tell you that. So while, yeah, it might be a little awkward between those guys, it's not going to blow up the locker room. So that really that really got my goat yesterday on, on Twitter and on social media, all these pessimist people, half of which aren't even Lions fans, just saying, this is why your franchise sucks. You guys, you know, like you, you, you trade for the guy that talked bad about your quarterback. It, whatever. I didn't want to give it too much limelight because it's just stupid, and and, and that's kind of like the fuel that drives the idiots of the of this fan base. But there you have it. It's a great move. So everyone, just calm down, dude. I what's it called? I was laughing so hard at that Brotherson. I mean, I don't think I like. It's just like comically funny how bad the Lions are going to be this next year. Like, yeah. they are going to be so bad. I mean, who's like the they, best player? I, they, they are going to be so bad where they're going to be on, like, the second TV when you're watching Red Zone. You know what I mean? Like, you got the Red Zone channel on, and then you got the like, Lions team. with the, the volume's not even on because you're like, do I even need to watch this team? It's just funny how comically bad they're going to be. Is Who's the best player going to be, in your opinion? Hawkinson? I mean, I mean, other than Frank Romeo Acora, who's on their defense? Like, other than Romeo Acora and Jelani Tavai and, like, the two cornerbacks, like, I literally don't know who will be playing on the defensive side of the football. Michael Brockers. I guess, dude. <laughs> I mean, it is – they are going to stink so hard. But I like the Romeo signing. I thought that was a really nice move because I – Romeo's good. I, I, and he's 25. It would be weird to try to give up on a guy like that. Yeah, no, I, I agree. The whole Romeo thing, you know, if anyone wants our in-depth thoughts, go back to last week's episode when we talked about when the Lions didn't tag him and we all just assumed that that meant he was going to walk. Um, he, I, I, I wish I had the stats. I'll try to find them while someone else is talking here. But I think he led the entire NFL in third down sacks last season, third down pressures. Like he just, he's a big time player. Like you said, Collins, he's 25. The franchise tag for one year would have been 17 million for a DN. You got him for roughly 13 million a year, and he's productive. Uh, Three-year deal means that you know maybe in that third year you're starting to come out of the rebuild, and then you can make another decision with him whether or not you're going to bring him back. But like we talked about last week, his brother's on the team. He was your most productive defensive player really last year. I don't know who else. It's really even close because um, the secondary was terrible, but. Look, we always say, or at least I always say, if you don't have a pass rush, you got nothing on defense. Rabs, I know you like to say this too. It doesn't matter how good your defensive backs are if there's no pressure on the quarterback. So when you look at this Lions team, and Collins, you're right, they're not going to be great this year. But, you know, if you want Jeff Okuda and Amani Oruwariye to take that next step as your quarter cornerback duo, then you're definitely going to need some pressure up front. And just letting Romeo Aquara walk would be an unreal, like, step back from that because you're just taking out your best pass rusher. And I will say this last thing. I actually think the lions D line might be somewhat nice next year. It just depends on health. If Trey flowers, I know he's getting paid way too much money to do what he does, but he's still a nice player when he's healthy. So you got him, you got Romeo, you got Romeo's brother, Julian, you've got, you know, Deshaun hand and Austin Bryant, two guys that haven't really been able to stay healthy in their time, but when they play they're they're rock solid and then you bring over Brockers. So there's depth there, and I, I don't really know if anyone's flying off the edge, but it's definitely going to be a much more consistent push than we've seen in the last three years. I, I definitely think that. I think, like, the Lions' D-line has potential to be the best 
most watchable part of the team this year. Yeah, I think the Rome. I mean, bringing Romeo back was was a no brainer, and for that for that price point too. I mean, I just don't know if the Lions were to let Romeo walk and go to free agency, and and they obviously you need to have edge rushers. That's that's to be completely honest with you, outside of like the quarterback position, guys that can get to the quarterback, whether you're a linebacker or just an edge rusher, like that's probably the most important position in my eyes these days, like that's like, you need to spend money there. So I don't know who else was out there that the lions could have gotten for, for anything that's going to give you the production that meets the value of the contract. Like Romeo Aquara does. I think the fact that his brother is here probably is more of a draw for him to stay here. And obviously being, you know, playing in the city of Detroit for a couple of years now, um, obviously much easier just to stick around versus pack it up and moving somewhere else. So I appreciate Romeo Aquara sticking around. I think that the price point you got him at too is great. And the term is great too. Um, for a guy that you, you got to hope if he takes another step this year, um, it's just going to be extremely productive for you as far as getting to the quarterback. So that's all good there. As far as other things that moved, um, I really don't care all that much about Matt Prater no longer being here. I mean, yes. you. How dare back, you? Well, you look back in the history of Matt Prater and yes, he has some, some very big kicks for the lions. Um, and, and like, but it's just so typical lions that like the kicker position, they've had like three kickers in the last like 100 years of lions football. So I think Matt Prater had a, had a, had a very, very solid career here in Detroit, but we didn't see him miss some somewhat inexcusable kicks last year. And with an aging, with an aging guy as he is, I mean, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not that bent out of shape about people. People like Matt Prater. Cause he's like a meme. Like that's why, that's why people loved Prater. And he was good, time. dude. Don't act like he wasn't good. He, he had just, one I bad year. Said, I just said he had a, get a very, very solid career in Detroit. So I don't know what they'll do there, but he goes to Arizona. I would say back to our, our whole point of, I guess, how we wanted to attack this as far as like guys that you're going to the guy you're going to miss the most, or I guess most disappointed with, I will say the lions will, will very very obviously miss Marvin Jones the most and I'm saying in, in outside of the Galladay thing like the recent moves that have just happened this last couple of days they'll obviously miss Marvin Jones the most for many reasons for what he brings to the locker room for what he does in the community for his production on the field which I think a lot of that too I think him and Matthew Stafford were so were so good together as a, as a connection that I don't know if he were to stick around with Jared Goff how great of a player he would have been this year um, but I will say the move that I was disappointed with is I don't know. I mean, I don't, I didn't see the contract term that Jacksonville gave Jamal Agnew, but like that's a guy that I thought the Lions were going to bring back no brainer. I mean, it just as a guy that can, despite the, the occasional fumbles that he will have as a return man, like he seemed like he was one of the better return men in the league. And they started using him on offense a ton. I know he's, he really was never getting time at cornerback, which was probably a good call. And I was very critical of him being used as an offensive weapon all the time. It seemed like, but as a guy that can just burn like that, I don't like that's a playmaker to me. So I didn't really understand why they were going to let him walk. It must've just been a money thing, which I'm fine with. I don't really know who they're looking at to be a return man for this team this year, but it just, what I, and I said this last week too, what I appreciate about what the lions are doing right now is Brad Holmes is like, I'm just, I know I'm running this my way. Like there, there was no, there's really no feel that he's like, okay, I'm going to take the roster that I have and I'm going to build upon it and work with what we have. Like 
he's he's cutting guys like Danny Shelton's been cut, Justin Coleman's been cut. He, he's getting he's getting rid of dead weight. No pun intended with Danny Shelton. Nor do I fat shame people, but he's getting rid of dead weight here because he's like, a, I'm not gonna spend money on guys that I don't think are good players, and b, like I need to go get guys that I think are gonna fit the system and eventually be players for this team. So I appreciate that fact of it. But like you said, Collins, like I'm trying to look at this roster now. I just like don't really know who's left, especially like, yeah, like you're Saturday like day. who's on the team. Hey, my my brothers and I were talking about this last night. You know, you think back. I was in high school even three years ago. I don't think there's a single player on the roster that was there when I was in high school other than Don Mulebach. Yeah. And, and and Taylor Decker and Taylor Decker. Frank Ragnow was drafted when I was a senior, so I guess that counts too. But I my my point is like I I just can't. Yeah, the 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 turnover here has been unreal, and it's. Not necessarily a bad thing. You know, Rabs, you talk about Brad Holmes wants to do it his way. And, you know, all these guys do when they first come in. Bob Quinn wanted to do it his way. But unbiased opinion, like even, you know, a couple months in, it already just looks the, – the feel is better. The feel is better. There's not a set way we're doing things, which is like, okay, if you played for the Patriots, you're automatically in consideration to play for this team. Like that to me, hindsight is very 2020 on that. But I, I, I just – I don't like those kind of absolutes. Instead, you got Brad Holmes over here. He's a lot more cerebral. He's, like, actually making moves that make sense for him and the team in the future in the six-year contract that is Dan Campbell. Well, I – they also, like, all these moves are lines. It's, like, very clear. It's, like, these next two years, we're, like, we're just going to be really bad. Yep. Like, just, like – and I – the one thing I'm interested in now, since they've done all this, I know they've, like, talked about Jared Goff and all that stuff, but – I, I, I don't know if we want to get into this, but, like, I think we should honestly mention it. I don't know where they're going to go with the seventh pick. Like, I'm very, very confused because when you cut ties with Kenny, you're like, okay, and they get Tyrell Williams. You're like, okay, maybe they'll just draft a wide receiver, maybe, like, a Jamar Chase or Devontae Smith or whatever, whoever's at seven, you know what I mean? But, like, or it's like, oh, we want Micah Parsons. We need another linebacker. With all the departures and literally every single person on the roster that I could think of, like that made money and got a contract the last three years, basically being cut, like I have zero idea where they're going with this draft pick at seven. I don't. What do you guys think? I have like I, zero clue because I I think they could t- take a quarterback too now. I want a quarterback. If you ask me what I want, the Lions do. I still want to go quarterback because I at least want to put the pressure on Jared Goff and like we know. <laughs> I mean, there's a there's a very good chance Jared Goff is not the long-term solution here. I don't think that's a hot take. But he is 26, and at the end of the day, that's why we're going to give him a shot here. But, you know, I look at, like, Tyrod Taylor got hurt, and Baker Mayfield got his opportunity. Tyrod Taylor got hurt as a member of the Chargers, and Justin Herbert got his opportunity. So there's examples in recent history of, like, you know, you, you might not want your guy, your young guy to be your starter day one, but, you know, if, if they're ready to go to the point where if Goff does get hurt or, you know, heaven forbid, gets the virus or something stupid Ooh. happens, and then your, your young guy has to step into the spotlight right away, and that kind of jump starts to rebuild a little bit, and there's juice. So I definitely – I still want the Lions to go quarterback. But Collins, you're right. I, I almost think receiver – I don't want to say a lock, but with how deep this class is at receiver – and quarterback, really. It seems like they could maybe make a move and swindle someone and get a quarterback later. But I think receiver at seven is most likely. But I also think they have to move out of the pick. And, and again, we'll talk about all this as the draft gets closer. But, Ravs, what do you think What do you think they're doing? 
Um, I would say to your quarterback point, first of all, let's I'll, I let me get off the beaten path here a bit. Who the fuck is Tim Boyle? Oh, he's just the I dude. Pack. He's twenty six years old. He's the Packers backup guy. The Packers fans are like surprisingly upset about this. So I, mean, I don't know. Dude, what? You have Aaron Rodgers and you drafted a quarterback in the first round last year. What why who is upset about what? If your name if your name is Tim Boyle, you should be legally required to be a substitute teacher. <laughs> like that's that just, point. That he has I mean, big time sub vibes. I mean, big time sub vibes. Not to disrespect the guy, but you know, it's like you hey, cut don't Chase disrespect Daniel, substitute great. teachers. Anyway, no, I'm not. I'm not. But you cut like you cut Chase Daniel, great, because he was getting paid too much money, obviously. So to the point of like, not that not that bringing in Tim Boyle means you're not taking a quarterback. I really think that it's just gonna you're gonna just gonna have to see how it plays out before the Lions. Like if, if quarterbacks are flying off, um, you know, it, it seems like Trey Lance's stock is rising a bit. Um, obviously this, this Wilson kid from BYU people seem some people seem to be really high on him. Others are not so high. Um, people have him ahead of fields even. So I don't know. I, it, it seems like, I think Collins was the one that mentioned it maybe last week. It doesn't seem like trading back a couple picks is a horrible idea, but I, 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 tr- again, it's, it, see, the thing is, is like to play the game of like who I want them to take versus what I think they'll do. I have absolutely no idea what they're going to do. I have zero clue if they take a quarterback then it's like yeah i'm 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 okay with that because that at least means th- what that means to me is that they don't think jared goff is the long-term guy and that alone that sentiment alone makes me feel comfortable like okay it like brad holmes went out and got jared goff to get stafford out of here for the right reasons great Jared Goff's going to keep you in games for the next two years, but they're also smart enough to realize this probably isn't the guy that's going to lead your franchise to a Super Bowl with given how, how the roster looks right now. So if that's the case, I'll, as much as I maybe want someone else, I think I'll be okay with that. Um, But I will say, I think, you know, Micah Parsons is a guy that I've continually mentioned for it feels like months now is just a guy that I think can be an immediate playmaker for your defense and a defense that seems kind of depleted and the wide receiver depth in this draft is, is, is pretty nice. So I don't think it's a, you know, I would love to see Jamar chase or Devonte Smith be on, be on the lions this year. But with that being said, I think that your needs are elsewhere. And if you're looking at best player available, I don't think Micah Parsons is that far off. Um, so I, I, if they don't want to take a quarterback, I think that you have to kind of hope that a Wilson is there or a Trey Lance is there at seven and you, you have the leverage to trade back a couple spots. Um, but I don't know, as far as what, the, what they're going to do, I have absolutely no idea. That's what I'm saying. I feel like last year we kind of knew like what direction that they were. It was like either they're getting Okuda or they're trading back and getting someone up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. this year I, they could do anything. So I, I I'm excited for this year's draft. Because it could, it could be fun. Because I it, it was kind of it could be kind of like the Pistons draft this year. We're like, oh, what are what are they up to? Also, yeah. by the way, I mean Sadiq Bay, twenty seven last night. Guy's a monster. Yeah, Sadiq Bay's a beast, and so is Isaiah Stewart. Love him, beef stew. Beef stew, love yeah. him. Okay, sorry. I want to I want to bring one more point up about the quarterback situation because I I just think this is kind of going under the radar a little bit. Dan Campbell, we all know is kind of like a, he, he self-proclaimed meathead of a coach and with, with limited brain capacity, whatever, he doesn't care. 
he's just like a leader of men to, to, to use Collins terms. And I think that makes the quarterback position that much more important that the lions get this right. And look, I'm not going to say Jared Goff isn't a leader because he's literally been here for a day now officially. And, you know, I, I haven't officially seen him play up close with the lions at all yet. So I don't want to go that far. I'm just saying, Rabs, you're exactly right that it's not the it's not the future. So you definitely have to hit on a quarterback, and that's why I almost don't want to pass on one <clears throat> this year because you've got a few viable guys. You know, like you look at Lance Wilson, maybe Fields. I don't know. I'm skeptical of Ohio State quarterbacks, but like those are some guys right there that have proven that they can win in college, obviously, and they they, they have good skill sets and everything. We'll get into all that stuff later, but like. If you get too cute with it and you end up picking a guy like Mac Jones, I'm going to lose my mind. So you definitely have to walk the line here. I think they have to get quarterback right. And I don't know if they address it this year, but I just think the quarterback position, if you're going to pair him up with Dan Campbell is, is very, very, very important because you need that. You need that presence on the field that knows what they're doing. And again, I like Anthony Lynn a lot. And I like Aaron Glenn. I like the staff that Campbell's put together, but his, his big strength is going to be leadership. And I think he's going to need a lot of help with the X's and O's. So quarterback to me is priority number one, really, going into next season. What do you guys think about the uh, Jamal Williams signing, running back from Green Bay? And and I, I ask it in regards to I don't I, I'm trying to, I don't think both Scarborough's with the team. I think the running back room is not as is not as packed as we think it might. I mean, at least as I think it might be, because I think back to last year and you had what Swift carry on AP. Jonathan uh, Williams for a bit. Um, Jonathan Williams guy, from... guy who fumbled on Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, so I don't... that was unbelievable. He just <laughs> shows up first carry fumble. Tough look, but what do you? I mean, what what's what's your thoughts on that signing? I mean, I I and I just look at it from a standpoint of I don't I don't know if the plan is to give him more time over carry on, but like why why is it so hard to get carry on in the game? And I know with Anthony Lynn. I'm assuming that things will be different because he's not in bed with Adrian Peterson, who's not on the team anymore. But I, I'm just so – I'm so perplexed because Jamal Williams seems like a guy that could play a similar, like, third-down back role as carry-on. And I just I just don't know what the plan is, and I, I don't really fundamentally understand why they, like, refused to use carry-on last year. I don't know. Any, any thoughts at all, or am I just overthinking it and making zero sense? I don't think you're overthinking at all. I, I – I... Because I was personally not not too thrilled about it either, Rabs. Because you know we're all carry on guys. I think we've all kind of come on here at various points in the last two 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 seasons and have like defended the hell out of carry on. The bottom line is Swift is going to be the feature back no matter what. And I think everyone knows that. But you're right in terms of a third down back, like a pass catcher. Uh, you know you kind of want John or not John Jamal Jamal Williams or carry on. They're kind of like the same player. But it's even like. I would just as soon rather have Swift be a third, uh, a three down back, like play all three downs. So I think it's just a depth signing. The the money they gave him really isn't that much. But, you know, being Lions fans and watching him up close and personal at least twice a year, he's a playmaker. You know, he's he's just as much of a playmaker as carry on. I know I, we like carry on because he's, uh, he's a hometown guy. We, we, we brought him in by, our, you know, we drafted him. But – in terms of like making plays and stuff, I don't think he's that far off and maybe even better than carry on is. So I think when you look at it from that aspect, it's just a depth signing in my opinion. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And it is weird because carry on, I feel like he's so effective. Yeah. Like when he's right, 
And I feel like he was healthy last year and he just didn't get any looks. And we bitched about it so much last year. I'm not going to go back there. But yeah, Jamal Williams, I, I would agree with Trent. Just think it's a depth piece. And, and, and especially in the NFL, like you actually legitimately need two running backs. Like now, especially like as much as people are in the shotgun, you need a guy who can block, who can catch and shit like that. And I, I, I think Jamal Williams is more of that like big bruising physical back that you give to maybe one, you, you give a run every like two or three series. But it, I, I, I don't understand the idea of signing a running back like that who has like, you know what I mean? Like you might as well just sort of draft one in like the third or fourth. I don't know. But whatever. Yeah, you know what they should do is they should draft a guy named Jason Huntley in the fifth round and then cut him so he doesn't even make the roster. That's Love what it. they should yeah. do. Yeah, nothing better. <laughs> Unreal. Do we have uh, any other Lions stuff we want to cover today, Trent? Uh, not really. I just wanna I want to wish Marvin Jones the best in Jacksonville. Uh, I think I think I think Jacksonville <laughs> Jacksonville could win that division. What? I'm serious. They're gonna they got Urban Meyer, they're gonna have Trevor Lawrence, and then they got you know Marv, Marvin uh who who's their other receiver? Adnew. Adnew's the missing piece for Jacksonville. <laughs> they went hey. one at fifteen. Now they're gonna win division. What are you saying, TB? Well, look at that division. The Colts are good. They they got Wentz, dude. You don't know. Jury's out. And then the They're Texans be better are, than the Jags. I'm just the Texans that. are a mess. Okay, I'm just saying, Jags could be a surprise team. Could be. Daryl Bevel's the offensive coordinator there, oh. by the way. Is he really? Yeah. <laughs> Great. Who? Uh. Oh, let's. Uh. Before we move on from Lions stuff, just to fill some time here. How, how do you guys feel about matching up with Andy Dalton next year in the division twice? Love it. The Bears are right. miserable, dude. I, if I was a Bears I, fan, I would shoot myself in the head. That is like one of the most insulting signings of the, I mean, is ever. Is Trubisky a free agent? Yeah. Wow, dude, really? I just don't <laughs> get it. They're the same player, basically. Where's Nick Foles? He's still there. I don't, I don't, I mean, like. As bad as this Lions team is, you look at next year, like I'm going to pick them to win like four or five games. The Bears games are two ones where you're like, okay, I, especially after the Andy Dalton signing, it's like they're, they are on a downward spiral. Matt Nagy is going to lose his job, and it, 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 is, it is really too bad because he's an above 500 coach, but they just haven't been able to figure out the quarterback and the offense. And the one year they were really good was the year that they let him just be super creative. You know, and Tariq Cohen had all those weird all-purpose yards and everything. But, man, talk about a franchise that cannot figure out the quarterback position. That is, like, it's it's unbelievable. There's the, there's the rumors they're going to go – were, there was the rumors they were going to go after Cam, and there was the rumors they were going to try well, to – Well, there's a, yeah, Wilson. Wilson, jokes on you, Andy Dalton. I would be like, okay. Yeah, no, that's, that's – Like, it's just like – Ugh, that would suck so hard. That's jump off a bridge material. <laughs> jump <laughs> off a bridge material. I love it. Well, yeah, that's that's what's up in the division. Um, other than that, is there any uh, wings, pistons, tigers? Here's oh, by the way, I know we're not doing tigers today. Akil Badu is making the roster this year. By the way, he's making. Are the you up- one of those guys who's like, yeah, let's like kick Jacoby Jones to the rocks and like let's have this guy in center field. Well, I don't know. Again, Robbie Grossman has not had a tremendous spring. Obviously, he'll be on the opening day roster because you just paid him a bunch of money. I'm just letting you right now, letting you people know right now, on March 18th as we record, Akil Badu is going to be on the opening day roster for the Tigers. That's all I have to say about that. 
Um, what else? Oh, Philip Philip Ronick is the best player on the Detroit Red Wings right now. He scored his first goal the other night. Um, that was nice. Nice lead. Nice goal, nice goal line to goal line, uh, empty net goal for his first goal of the season. He leads the team in points too. So I'm glad Philip Ronick is starting to come around a bit this year. I think he was off to a bit of a slow start. Obviously, they use him on the power. The power play has been red smoking hot as of late for the Wings. Um, and they're beating good teams. I mean, you beat Carolina. You beat uh, – did they beat Carolina? They did beat Carolina. You beat Carolina and you get a win over over Tampa Bay or two of the best teams in the entire league. So that's just the anomaly of the of the Detroit Red Wings right now. Um, but I'll save more of that in the, for the next coming weeks. Um, anything else we want to touch on before we do the trifecta? Zadina is next. Who? Zadina. I was talking to my I was talking to one of my buddies last night about this. What do you have to say, Trent? Uh, he just he just was kind of clowning me for I, I'm it's a joke. It's a joke. Okay. Clearly, you don't think it's very funny. No, that's all, it's, you're kind of you're kind of over the guy. Whatever. Are we are we good? Are we done? Are we done? Yeah, we can do the trifecta. All right, cool. Uh, alluding to something Rabs and Collins mentioned earlier, do you do the green beer thing? Like, do you yes. do it? Because last night I'm at my brother's house. Shout out Brock. He's like dumping his beer in his pint glass, and then he's adding his own food coloring to it. Yes, I do it. I don't have where I was at yesterday. I had food coloring, so I did do that. But like the green beer, it's just fun. It's cute. Have a great time. Rest to do it. Under no circumstances would I ever put food coloring voluntarily in my own like beer. But you go to like the Riv on St. Patrick's Day or wherever. Like yeah, the first the first pint I'm having is probably a green one. I just don't. I don't necessarily trust what it does to my poop and whatnot. So I'll probably just have one and then you, then you move on from it. But it's just, it's just, I'll tell you what you got to get is just, you know, a nice Guinness. That's, that's how you do, you know, the green beer, miss me with that stuff. That's child play. Sit down and have a Guinness show some respect. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, my second question, this is kind of fun. So these capital one commercials, no free ads, but Fantastic with, commercials. With, with Samuel L. Jackson, Chuck Barkley, and Spike Lee, who's your favorite of those three guys? Collins, you go first. Who's your favorite Chuck. of those three guys? Charles Barkley is my favorite, like, human being maybe ever. Like, if I could, okay. like, go to a bar or, like, go play golf with someone out of anyone in the world, it would be Charles Barkley because I think he probably has the best stories, like, ever. Yeah. And I just and I just think he is so funny on Inside the NBA. Like, I watch, like, the best of the Inside the NBA every, like, month. It's just so funny where him and Shaq are just like yelling at each other and stuff like that. It's so funny. Yeah, that's that's it's great content. That's why these guys make such a good team, the three, the three of them. But Rabs, who do you like the most? Samuel L. Jackson, Chuck Barkley, Spike Lee. I think Spike Lee is absolutely obnoxious. I don't even like, and I'm like too too young to appreciate Spike Lee for whatever it is that he does or did. Samuel L. Jackson is tremendous in the Tarantino movies, so I'll give him that. Um, dude, I think I think Charles Barkley. Say? Samuel Jackson's great in everything he does. It's Nick yeah, Fury. Put some respect good. on his name. He's, he's good. Nice I, think, I think Chuck. Chuck just makes me laugh because he's like, he's just a character. Chuck. He's Chuck is Chuck, and he's unapologetic about it, and I love it. He's hilarious. Yeah, Chuck. I think I think Chuck is definitely the most popular answer for this. But yeah, I wanted I wanted to give some love to Spike Lee. Spike Lee cracks me up. I love him every time. He's just like I love Spike Lee on the court. Oh yeah, he's he's like five four, and he just screams at the refs. He's a he's, rat. He's always wearing like hilarious fits, 
and I, I, I love Spike Lee. So that's that. Um, third question on the trifecta. This is kind of lame. I, I, I got two more, two more questions. Second to last question. Who is your champion in the bracket? I know people don't like to do the whole, like, they don't like to post their bracket sometimes. We like to keep it close to the chest. But, Rabs, who's your champ? I will tell you right now that I – this is probably the – this is the first year in a very long time where I sat down with my bracket and I started – I do a paper one with my dad and my brother, then I do – I throw one in the group. And as we said last week, you do one bracket. You can enter it in as many things as you want, but you do one bracket. I – Got through like a, a round or two, ripped it up, threw it away. Another round, ripped it up, threw it away. Then I finally, I probably was sitting with my bracket for two hours. I have zero feel, zero feel zero. for the tournament this year. And especially I have negative feel for who the champion will be. I, honest to God, I think this is one of the first years where Gonzaga comes in the tournament and I'm like, you know what? I know they don't play anyone all year, but I think this team's actually legit. I have them in the final four. I think Baylor has the capability of beating the breaks off of anyone they play. I think they'll get to the final four. I have Texas. Texas is my team from that part of the re- part of the bracket that I'm going to have go through Florida state who I have beating Michigan. I have Texas going to the final four. And then I have the Illinois fighting Illini from the other side who I just think probably in my eyes might have the easiest walk if they yeah. can get to Oklahoma state uh, who can be like a sneaky team. I kind of like Illinois to get all the way to the final four. I have Gonzaga and I have Illinois in the championship game. I have Illinois taking home the title. I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll give a shout out to my buddy T wills on this one because I texted him like, dude, who is, who do you have winning the tournament? And he's like, Illinois. And I'm like, you know what? I like that. So I, I, a lot of it was I just picked Illinois for the sake of being able to root for them with him in March Madness, but I don't have a feel for it. I don't know. I don't feel good about anything. I, the, the 12 fives, I was forcing the 12 fives. I forced an 11 over a six. I forced the 13 over a four. It was just a mess. I'm like, I don't have, I don't have enough chaos in the bracket. It's too clean. And I know this, I don't have any like 13s going to the sweet 16. I don't have any 11s moving on. I think I have Texas tech going to the elite eight. That's like my big, like, I don't want to call it a big Cinderella run because they're a six seed, not a 15 seed, but it is what it is. Illinois lock it in. Uh, uh, my bracket got the Zags one in. Got Zags, Bama, Arkansas, and Illinois in the my final four. Wow! So, so only one one seed. Well, no, Illinois, Zags, Illinois, Zags and Illinois are both in okay. it, and then I got Zags cutting down the nets. But uh, I mean, I Rabs, when you texted me that, I loved that because they put all the teams that I think that could be sneaky, like in one region, they put them in Michigan's region. Like if I'm a Michigan fan, I'd be pissed. Like they yeah, got Florida uh, State, I, Texas. Like holy shit, LSU. Even. Well, Florida State's not good. Anyone who says Florida State's good, I, I like they stink. I don't. I will stake my reputation on that. That they don't make it to the second weekend of the tournament. I will say that. But um, Texas is really good. Bama. It would be a horrible matchup for Michigan. And you're right. Florida State's really long and lengthy, and they're really good defensively. So that'll always be a tough matchup for anyone who they play. But like. LSU is not a great matchup either. And St. Bonaventure is a pretty solid team, but I don't know. I, all I care about right now is Michigan State, baby. Cut down yeah. the nets this year. 
Yeah, no kidding. I, I, w- I would. Michigan State needs to get past UCLA, and then I really think they have a legit shot to beat BYU and possibly Texas. We'll we'll see. We gotta we gotta see how they look too. That's the other thing. You know, if they come out here and they they almost like blow it to UCLA, they escape by one. I'm gonna be like a little apprehensive going forward. But I have Illinois as well, Rabs. I just like I assume a lot. I love Brad Underwood. I love Kofi Coburn. I love Trent Frazier. I love Brad Underwood. I love just him. I love what they got going on. They're getting hot at the perfect time, as opposed to like an Ohio State or Michigan who has sort of stumbled down the stretch. But yeah, that's what I got. And our final question today is what's your biggest first round upset? So Rabs, I I, I heard you forced a 14 over a three. No, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. I have a no no no. What I have, I believe. I think my biggest upset, I wanna say, I wanna say my 12 fives are I have Oregon State over Tennessee. And then I think the other side, who's the 12 five on the other side? Winthrop over Villanova. Nope, nope, nope. I have Villanova. I don't care the Gillespie's out. That's what the coach is tremendous. Keep I need the other 12. It's, I don't have Creighton losing either. Who's the other 12 five? The other 12 five is Georgetown. And uh I have Georgetown because Patrick Ewing fires me up. I love him so much. <laughs> um, my biggest upset, I have Ohio beating Virginia. I think I think ever since Virginia lost that game to UMBC, I did buy a shirt, by the way, go Retrievers. Um, I think ever since they lost that game, I know they won a national championship. I, Dude, Virginia has been absolutely shit-kicked in some games this year against good teams. I just – I don't know what it is about Mark Few. I, I just – I just can't buy it. I don't know what it is. And I think Ohio's got one kid that's really sweet. Can't think of his name because I don't watch Ooh. Ohio. Oh, yeah. That like Juco transfer. I know you're talking about. He's sweet. So whatever. I have Ohio winning that one. I think Jay Billis has Ohio in the sweet 16. So that made me feel good. But that's my biggest I, one. I, got, I, I, got- I feel like I feel like the whole the Ohio Virginia smokescreen shit. It's it, it seems like the everyone's kind of talking about it. It seems like the classic one to me where it's like, yeah, everyone's talking and then Virginia goes out and wins by 20 and it's just like, oh, okay, that was dumb that everyone kind of picked Ohio. But I don't know. We'll see. I had to tell you one – I want to tell you one quick story about March Madness that I wanted to uh, – I wanted to get out there just because it's it's that time of year. Um, I don't know if you had another question regarding it, Trent, but – No, um, not at all. My buddy brought this up to me. Same buddy, T-Wolves. Hope you're listening. Shout out. Um I don't know the the Michigan Houston game. Was it two years ago or three years ago? On St. Patrick's Day. On St. Patrick's Day, and it got brought up. I was at a house party um, with some of my buddies, and I was watching the game on my phone because I believe, like, I had Houston winning that game in my bracket. So did I. I was, I was really really fired up about it. So bad connection as I'm there's a million people in this house I can't hear anything I'm standing in the middle of the floor on my phone watching this game and Houston's up with three whatever seconds left and I'm like like a jackass I'm walking around the entire house high-fiving people I high-five I go yeah we're like Houston won baby that's all because you're just you know just being a Michigan State slappy you like watching Michigan lose if you think I'm a loser for saying that fair but you like no, watching. It's not, no, it's correct. Anyone who says different is an idiot. Sorry. 1,000%. No, I like watching Michigan lose. I'm high-fiving. I'm running around the house. I'm like, they're, Houston's moving on, whatever. And, of course, my phone's a bit delayed. So I go up to one guy. I'm like, yeah, man, Houston beat him. Unreal. Give him a high-five. He's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, 
they beat him, man. Like Houston beat Michigan. He's like, no, he's like, they absolutely did not. I'm like, what are you talking? I'm like, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Cheering off the phone loads. And I watched the buzzer beater and it just, one of the biggest like tail between your legs moments of all time. And you got to just go around, you got to go around to everyone in the house and apologize. Cause now everyone's like, where's that fucking kid at that just told us that Michigan, <laughs> Michigan just lost. I'm like, dude, it's time to get out of here. But it was so yeah. funny. Rabs. We were in this like random person's apartment in the lodges and like we're uh, there's like 70 dudes in one tiny little lodges room and one in this girl's apartment, you know, the lodges, like they're like, uh, Rooms are like a kind of small rabs if you have like the four oh, or five yeah. person yeah. in place. We're, we're all in this tiny little thing on her bed. We're all like uh, in our shoes Ooh. and shit, like just ruining this girl's like room for the rest of the night. <laughs> watching on this tiny little like 20 inch like monitor. And there's one kid, there's a Michigan fan in there. He hits the three, he hugs one of my buddies. He's like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> it, was, it was so funny. That's awesome. Well, Collins, do you have an upset for us? What What's an your upset? biggest first-round upset? Uh, I have Florida State losing first round. Wow. Really? Coward. 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 No, I just don't like Florida State. I don't think they're going to go to the Sweet 16 regardless, so I might as well make an upset pick in that side. You know what I mean? You got to be methodical about your bracket. You got to try and steal some points. Yeah. Kansas was my team going in that I was like, I might pick them. To, to lose in the first round, depending on what the draw is, but they're, they're going to beat Eastern Washington. I just don't think they're going to go very far. So Kansas seems like a team that never – they just – Kansas doesn't, like, get upset. They just lose in Elite Eight. That's just all they do. Anywho, that's all I got for the trifecta. It was actually a quadfecta today. Thanks for coming. Excellent. All right, fellas. Well, let's wrap it up for today's show. Um, one of our shorter ones, but we'll be back next week because we are recording on Wednesdays or at least getting episodes out on Thursdays. Tim Tebow, shout out. That's all for today's episode of the Motown Rundown for Trent Bailey and Ryan Collins. I'm Ryan Rabinowitz. Submit any questions, comments, or suggest topics for the show at Motown underscore Rundown on Twitter or on Facebook at the Motown Rundown page. Here comes the train. Don't miss a single episode of the Motown Rundown. We are on Apple Podcasts. We are on Spotify. New episodes every single week. We'll see you next time. Go Green.